When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The breaking news on the Oilers is that they are in Los Angeles. You'll hear from head coach Jay Woodcroft in the second hour of the show. The latest comments from him as the team gets ready for game six tomorrow. It's Furnace Family Oilers Hockey with the face-off show at 6. The puck will drop at 8 here on 6.30 Chad. Darnell Nurse suspended for tomorrow's game for headbutting Philip Deneau. Philip Broberg has been called up from the minors. Carter Savoy, the Oilers' fourth-round pick in 2020, has signed his entry-level contract that will uh, kick in for next season. He's currently with the Bakersfield Condors. Rangers and Penguins uh, now early in the third. It's tied 3-3. But, uh, oh, wow, what a game. That's about three times that happened. I've just looked at the TV to give a score update, and somebody has scored. The Rangers score to go up 4-3, 17-07 left in the third. Capitals lead the Panthers 3-2. That's with about six minutes left in the second period. Stars and Flames coming up at 7-30. Tomorrow, there's another watch party at Rogers Place. They want you to pack the place. Why not? Let everybody hear Oil Country roar all the way down to Los Angeles. Tickets just $5, ticketmaster.ca. Net proceeds go to the Oilers Community Foundation to support charities across Oil Country. You get a great atmosphere inside Rogers Place. I've been there for games three and four. The doors will open at seven. Puck drop, of course, just after eight. Uh, The food and beverage will be available. Hunter the Lynx is going to be there. There's 50-50 ticket sales, all that fun stuff. And you can wave to me. In the broadcast booth, if you see a little speck of a head up right near the roof of the building, that's me. Take a picture of me tomorrow and tweet it, and I'll yell out hi to you. That's my promise to you for tomorrow. It's going to be pretty thrilling. Uh, Dave Campbell's coming up, by the way, in the second, uh, or between 7.30 and 8, I should say. Elks rookie camp is uh, underway. A lot of storylines going on there with the CFL. Oil Kings are just underway in Red Deer game for that series as the Oil Kings are going for the sweep. Oilers and Kings. Oilers got to stay alive tomorrow night. Drew Rabenda knows a lot about both these teams, both these coaches. He checks in tonight. Drew, thanks for coming on, my friend. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? And boy, what a what a thrill that would be if somebody was able to say hi to you and you tweet it. That would be I'm sure that would be just thrilling for them. No, well, that really would be, uh, Drew. Thanks for recognizing that. <laughs> I, I like how you delivered that almost with a straight face. <laughs> almost. Held it till the end, pal. Held it till the end. <laughs> you held it till the end. I, I'm proud of you if you're doing that. How was your radio program today, first of all? I, I know I, I foolishly called you while, I was, while you were on air. You must find me incredibly ignorant. No, not at all. As a matter of fact, it was a nice diversion from talking about whether there be a CFL agreement or not with the Players Association. So I didn't mind that at all. I'm tired of talking now, about it. Now, where are, where are you doing the show from? Where were you to, or where are you now? Saskatoon now. Saskatoon. I'm back home now. I'm not doing any more games. I'm, I'm done for uh, till uh, next year. So I don't okay. think I'm doing any more games. So, so okay, back home cool. in Saskatoon in studio. I'm almost, I'm big time like you in my own studio. So 
You got the home studio. That's awesome. No, I read, that's a complete lie. No, I'm at the station. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I've I've been I've got I've fluctuated. I've been in my basement and I've been in the spare bedroom upstairs. I call my office. I'm back up <laughs> in the office. And it's good here because of all the places I broadcast from, it's this room I have the best angle of the television. So maybe that's why I've been able to see more goals as they've <laughs> happened in this Rangers and uh, Penguins game. Uh, you know, I had okay two two things. I, I had right. a, a, a lady named Jude call in earlier because I, I did a whole bunch of phone calls in the first hour and I played right. that clip of Leon from last night and Leon right. said we are not at our baseline and I did a bit of feel like yeah that's the frustrating thing the order is it's one thing if you play the way you usually play and you lose you might get beat right. you know I have the sense the Oilers aren't playing to their potential and she called in and said Reed I respectfully disagree I think the Oilers baseline was the first 44 games of the season they overachieved under Woodcroft, and now they're back to their baseline. I'm curious how you see it. Wow, that's an interesting take. Um, I, I don't. I don't think I agree with that. For the simple fact of that, Jay. I don't think they overachieved with Jay. I think they achieved their potential, but you can't. It's really hard to stay at that level the whole time. I wonder if that would be an overachievement. Their problems aren't. Um, humongous and vast, where they're they're getting smoked in in this this series. Here's the problem for the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Oilers fans. You thought it was going to be easy against Los Angeles because you didn't watch Los Angeles all year long. You didn't notice the fact that they had six guys out that were their top defensemen for nearly two weeks. You didn't notice the fact that they have got. The, one of the best leaders in the game in Andre Kopitar and that Jonathan Quick had some game left in him. You didn't notice that Todd McClellan and didn't remember that Todd McClellan can put a structure on a team and they can be tough to deal with. This is a team that not a lot of people looked at and thought much of because of where they finished in the standings and how they were. They weren't expected to do much. So they were a plucky little group. This is a team that played its ass off for its coach and they play hard. The problem with the Edmonton Oilers is their starts to the game. And that's been their problem all year long. They have not been a good starting team. And it doesn't matter if it's Dave Tippett. It doesn't matter if it's Jay Woodcroft. That's, that's, not, a, that's not a coach problem. That's a, that's a player problem. You expect your players, your leaders, to, to be ready to go right off the bat. And when I'm saying leaders, I'm not saying Connor. Okay, he's, he's exempt from this conversation because there's not much more that that, that guy can do. Sorry, there just isn't. Um, but you've, you need your core group to be ready to go and help get everybody else ready to go. I, I know it's, you're kind of cheating your own game a little bit there, but it's, for a coach, it's not a me problem, it's a you problem. You've got to be ready to go, and I don't know why you wouldn't be ready to go in a game five in your own building where that building is one of the loudest in the National Hockey League. So I, I would say that they are, when they played with Jay, they played to their full potential. Um, in the last game, they didn't. They just weren't there. They, they, got, they weren't focused. They weren't ready. They weren't there. Connor tried to drag everybody into the fight and, and bring back a miracle comeback. But um, in the playoffs, Brady, you know it as well as I do, you need everybody to contribute. I mean, not on not on the score sheet, not in, but everybody contribute, make an impact somehow. 
Uh, so let me ask you this. That sort of leads because we're seeing here, and and this was a bit of a concern I had. The Oilers did look good in the final thirty-eight games, and at time, I mean, we shouldn't act like Dave Tippett did nothing. They did start sixteen no, and five. He's a hell of a coach. Yeah. 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 So, coach. so we know we we know they can do it, um, but. And they, they, I do think they're deeper than they have been in a while. I mean, I've talked to Ian Herbert. Yes. He says the team's deeper than 16-17 when they broke the playoff yes. drought. So yes. we know they can do it, but I also know when you get into the playoffs, the league narrows. I mean, you might say a tough seven-game stretch, but it might still have two, two or three non-playoff teams. You get into the playoffs, a tough seven-game stretch is another playoff team over and over again for two weeks in a row, which is what they're doing against Los Angeles. And now I'm sitting there thinking, okay, uh, where is the depth contributions? And, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to single out one guy, and he's popular, and we know he's very good, but I'll use him as an individual as a starting point for maybe some other players. You know, okay, let's say Dano and Kopitar canceled out Dreisaitl and McDavid. Was right. there an opportunity here for Nugent Hopkins to tilt this series in the Oilers' favor? But instead, Nugent Hopkins has five points, Three of them were in a game they were already going to win in the last six minutes. So you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. But I I don't think it's – I agree with you. Ryan's got to be better. Ryan's got to be more – make more of an impact. So does Zach Hyman. Um, So does – so does – Evander Kane's got some goals, but he got those goals in the the big – in the high-scoring games. And you can't – you can't keep sitting in the box, Evander. You can't keep taking penalties. I understand you play on the edge, and I, I've said this to you before. I'd rather pull a guy back from the edge than push into it. But he, he's much more valuable, obviously, on the ice. You've got to, he, he, he walks that line, and sometimes, like last night, he goes over. So you have to make sure that you are, you are making an impact in the right way. But that is part of his game. Be physical. Um, Zach Hyman could be, definitely be the guy who's, who's – that's why they went and got him, to add that depth. But that's why also Ken Holland went and got the third and fourth line guys like he did. Those are guys that have to somehow change the game. So how do you do that if you're not going to be on the ice to score goals, okay? And you're, and you're probably not going to. So that's when you, against the, the Los Angeles Kings, they've got a young D. A young D who I think are going to be spectacular in a couple of years. That, that's going to be a good core for them on the point. But you've got to get them turning. You got to be putting the puck in. I know it's so cliche, but you got to get it behind them, get them turning, and start making them pay the price right off the bat. That's how you do it as a as a as a player who's probably not going to score very many goals. If you watch Tampa the last two years, where were they shifting the game? Where were they shifting the momentum in the game? They were shifting it with their middle guys, with Gord, with with Goodrow, you know, with Palat. Those are the guys that would get in, get in the forecheck, and start making the D turn and making the pay the price, arrive on time with the puck, and, and make it physical, make it hard on their D. That's how you beat the Los Angeles Kings. If you give Los Angeles Kings time to break out like they did last night, that they're, they're very skilled young D are going to make that puck go up the ice, and then you're then you're retreating. You know, you don't you don't want to be retreating. You want to be obviously pushing forward, and you want to be checking. Well, and that's what I'm wondering, Drew. If there's a bit of stubbornness with the Oilers the last couple of games, oh, yeah. or yeah. maybe something is between the years. And I, look, I know it's easy for me, eight floors up at Rogers Place, saying yeah, we'll just shoot exactly. more. 
But yeah. having said that, I mean, a caller called in earlier and said, is there a stat for shots passed up by an offensive team? And I said, <laughs> I don't think there is, but that'd be interesting to track that. Here are times when you thought, okay, maybe that's not a high percentage shot, but it should be a shot. And it's and it's passed up, and that's what worries me. Are the Oilers back in this mindset that if it's not a Harlem Globetrotter goal, it's not worth scoring? Right, and, and they've all because they because of Leon and, and Connor and, and Kane um, being high skilled guys, and um, they do like to kind of sometimes want to pass it in the net. I get that. Uh, I remember asking Connor about that in his rookie year, and he actually got mad because I had been hearing that all my life that I'll take the shot when it's there. You know, he got upset about it, and maybe rightfully so. Uh, but if you watch, let's go back to Los Angeles. What are Los Angeles doing? I mean, you, you just watch the games you're watching right now. These guys throw pucks at the net and get people in there. I think one, one thing Los Angeles has done well against the Oilers is get to the net. Go hard to the net with and without the puck. And I think the Oilers, because they're, I think they're bigger, um, and I think they're, they're stronger, that they could be getting to the net and getting more pucks in there. I agree. Now, Credit the Los Angeles Kings for how much they block shots. They are they have been spectacular at getting at shooting lanes. So after you get your shot blocked again and again and again, you're trying, you're going to look for a different a different thing, right? And maybe shoot it off the net and and look for look for a tip or or off the boards or something because you get frustrated when the shot keeps getting blocked and blocked and blocked. And Todd's guys are doing that. They've done a spectacular job of that. So maybe that's why there's a little bit more hesitancy and by the owners to not want to put the puck on the net because it keeps getting stopped and is danger of going the other way. But I think that's a good point. You got to work, just find it, just find the lane and just wrist it to the net with some pretty skilled big people in front. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of doom and gloom, but we've seen these series go back and forth. <laughs> I mean, I, every, I, I said earlier, people are asking what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it, it seemed like the series was over after game three. Now it seems like it's over the other way. I still think it's a 50-50 game tomorrow. I, I just hope the Oilers are, are able to answer the bell. Well, of course it is. I mean, it's, it's playoffs. It doesn't matter if you win by six or win by eight or win by one. It's just one game. And, and I know what people say it all the time, but it is. And the interesting thing about being in playoffs, and you know, years ago when, when I was with the Sharks as a coach and we, we made the playoffs for the first time, Bob Berry was our was our captain and Bob would come from Pittsburgh and he put up a list of 16 things it takes to win the Stanley cup. He just made it up on his own and scribbled it on a napkin. We held a quick team meeting and Bob went through it. And one of the things was, it's just one game. It's the first to four. It's just one game. And the next game is a chance to redeem and revive. I mean, that it's been really great this year in the playoffs watching, you know, like a fencing match. There's a parry on one side and there's a response on the other. Now you need the response. That's a good way to put it. I might steal that on the face-off show tomorrow, or I'll just use that clip. Just make sure you quote me and then send me my royalty. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, you're going to get tons of royalties from this show. Yeah. <laughs> we, pay, we pay you an old bubblegum oh, I know. Yeah, I know. I can't wait for the check. I'm going to look at uh, <laughs> buying a Pepsi for sure to my, for myself. Oh. All right. I, Drew, I wish we had more time, but uh, I got other stuff to get to. I always enjoy our chats, and, and you have great insight into how these two teams are playing and, and what the two coaches are thinking. So I really appreciate that. Let's do this again soon, my friend. Anytime, pal. Good talking to you again. There's Drew Amenda checking in with some of his thoughts on the Oilers and the Sharks. Uh, Jay Woodcroft has spoken in Los Angeles. We will uh, play that when we get back to Inside Sports.
Los Angeles Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Yes. Thoughts on Darnell Nurse getting a, a one-game suspension? Yeah, uh, the league handed it down, or Department of Player Safety, and you know uh, we accept it and be ready for game number six. I mean, do you think it was justified, or do you think it uh, could have? Been? What I think is immaterial. Um, the bottom line is that uh, Darnell's not an available player for us. We accept the decision and move on. What is the impact of that? What's that going to have on you guys? This is your biggest game of well, he's a, he's a pretty good hockey player that's been taken out of our lineup. Um, but, um, you know, we've, we've had him out of our lineup before and been able to handle it, and that's what we expect to do tomorrow. Now he's... Uh, a veteran, a team leader, and headbutted somebody in the in the chops. Um, now he's gone. Is that disappointing to see in, in one of your leaders? No, I'm not disappointed in Darnell. Darnell plays the game hard. I, I don't think uh, there was any intention there at all. Um, it just kind of happened in in the uh, the way the game was being played. And you know, we, as I said earlier, we accept the decision and we'll move on. You've had Broberg up before. Uh, are we going to see him uh, tomorrow for the morning's game? Uh, yeah, he should be flown in uh, tonight um, from there up in Stockton. So, um, yeah, he'll, he'll fly in as insurance for us. And, um, you know, uh, that's one of the moves we made in response to Darnell um, being uh, suspended for tomorrow night's game. A couple other teams uh, today went 11 and 7. Not a lot. You had some success with the in the minors, and is that a possibility tomorrow? We'll see. I think we, you know, towards the end of the year when Darnell was out with his injury, uh, we went 12 and 6. We're comfortable with that. And uh, Chris Russell, we know what we're getting in him. And um, you know, we have a lot of available good players. Uh, at our disposal, so we're going to ice the lineup that we think gives us the best chance tomorrow night. What did you think of Kulak and Cece when they played together in this final? Period? I thought they were good. Yeah, I thought uh, specifically uh, down the stretch, uh, we played a big game in in Pittsburgh that I thought both of them were excellent. Um, we'll see how it plays out tomorrow, but uh, you know, we uh, we know that we're going to need people to step up in Darnell's absence. It's not just going to be one person. Um, but yeah, we're excited about it. This team laid a, a pretty strong foundation of structure that served it well down the stretch. Are, mm-hmm. you, are you getting away from that in the last little bit? Are they pushing you away from that in the last little bit? Well, we lost the last two games, yeah. uh, so we're not happy about that. Um, I think um, you're in a playoff series, things happen. We lost an overtime game by one goal last night. Um, that said, we scored four goals. That should be enough to win a game. There's some things that we can do better defensively for sure. Jay, from the highs of the comeback in the third period to the low of losing early in overtime, how much will tomorrow's result come between the ears? Because you can have strategies, game yeah. plans, but you also have to have the ability to let that go. Tony, if you've heard me talk in any way in the last three months, you've said that, or you've, you'd have heard me say, um, Every day is his own day, and we want to take care of the day's business. And in the playoff um, hunt here, uh, you know, the message has been that we want to return to baseline. Whether you win a game, whether you don't win a game, it's about returning to that baseline and being the best you can be and continue to improve each day. And that's, that's where our mindset is. As Jay Woodcroft speaking today after the Oilers arrived in Los Angeles. Back after the news, more Inside Sports. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.